0: We thought it was eradicated, nearly 60 years clean. But in July, polio was found on North American soil once again. A man in New York contracted it. Speaking from personal experience, the last thing we need is a polio outbreak. It was in the 1950s that polio really wreaked havoc in North America. Parents watching in horror as their children lost the use of limbs, the ability to breathe, eventually overtaken by the virus. As a child, I contracted polio in the early 50s. To this day, I live with post-polio symptoms. Something called the Sister Kenny treatment probably saved my life, living in an iron lung. It was our family doctor who made sure I was cared for. Vaccines helped eradicate it, but an unvaccinated young man came down from it just last month. I, for one, am hoping it was an anomaly, not a new spread. Disease, death, disaster, we all face it. But in Christ, we can trust he will never let us ultimately perish. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris here on Tuesday sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're continuing in a series this week called Through It All. I don't know what it's like where you live, but where I live, we've had a not as hot summer as before, although I talk to people every day who aren't enjoying the heat where they live. And sometimes it really can get cool, even if it gets really warm at night. But before long, all of North America will be seeing temperatures that are dropping again. Americans, Canadians, we'll all be watching the seasons change. Autumn is just around the corner, followed by winter, and then, of course, by spring. And all of us go through different seasons in life, too. Some better, but some worse. In God's Word, we read that our Savior will be with us through it all, even during the worst of times in our lives. Johnny A. Erickson Tata learned this the hard way. I can't think of many people who have gone through as much as she has, but even as she has spent five and a half decades in a wheelchair, she knows that her God is with her, sustaining her through it all. And she's convinced that God uses music to help us remember the truths and the promises found in his word. So, although I haven't experienced the same highs and lows in my life as my friend Johnny, I've still had my share, and so have you. But all of us have this in common. Our Savior is merciful, and music has a way of getting inside you. It just sticks with you, doesn't it? Maybe there are songs that you haven't heard in years that are in your head and heart just the same. Songs about Jesus. There are times in our lives when we can't open up our Bibles, but we can sing hymns that point us to Christ and God's truths found in the Bible. After our time together today, I want to invite you to get a copy of Johnny's just released hardback book called Songs of Suffering 25 Hymns and Devotions for Weary Souls. It was written by Johnny to encourage those who are going through hard times, but also to help all of us get ready for when hard times come. And we all know none of us in this fallen world are excluded from that. Johnny wants every Christian to remember these 25 hymns so you can stand on the promises of God in your life, even in bad times, so we can trust in the Lord and know that he is with us through it all. I believe this unique book of devotions, hymn lyrics, and music, and photos will encourage and strengthen your heart right now to turn to Jesus, whether you're in a season of suffering or not. So after the program, call us, won't you? At eight hundred sixty-five haven eight hundred sixty-five haven just ask for the Johnny book. Or go online, take a look at some of the samples from this hardback book, and you can make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And one other thing. Several people have been in touch with us and have gotten multiple copies of the book, one for themselves and others to give away. Ask about that when you make contact. And now let's open the program with Anthem Lights. When peace like a river.
1: My soul My sin
0: songs that Johnny talks about, writes about, sings about in her new book that's just out. It is well with my soul. What a hymn leading us through it all. That's what we're calling our series this week. Stories of tragedy, heartbreak, pain, struggle. That's the common narrative for everybody, isn't it? We're all going to struggle and we're all going to suffer. And we all will face difficulty and need to be renewed day by day in the grace and the provision of our Lord Jesus Christ. Johnny Erickson Tata knows about this, and we've been sharing her story. Last week, this week, she's paralyzed from the neck down due to a diving accident when she was a little girl. She should be already with the Lord. And that's what all the doctors have told her but she's older by a little smidgen than I am, and her faith has only grown stronger. It's not something I talk about often, but having had polio affects my body every single day, especially since post-polio symptoms have only increased as I grow older. I don't remember catching the virus. It was in the early 50s, like I already mentioned. Polio was raging. It was killing or paralyzing so many people, so many children. The salt vaccine, the first major breakthrough in eradicating polio, was only developed and released a year after I contracted it. Polio didn't kill me, and it didn't leave me totally paralyzed. But as long as I can remember, I've had to live with the disability it's left me with. Life is a struggle, and sometimes It's a struggle not because of disease or tragedy, but because of where we have been called to live. I want you to meet up with someone special. What I want us to do is go back a few years. ISIS was raging. Andrew White was known as the vicar of Baghdad. He was an evangelical, evangelistic Anglican, pastoring the Anglican Church of Baghdad. There were many attempts on his life, and he even had to travel with security. Bombings around him, even at his church, and yet he wouldn't quit. He wouldn't go back home. And as ISIS was trying to build its caliphate across the Middle Eastern world, this Andrew White kept serving Jesus. I want you to listen in to a part of an interview we did with the vicar of Baghdad. He grew up southeast of London in Bexley. His family was deeply religious, Baptist, and Pentecostal. You'll hear him in a moment talk about his faith. At age 33, the same day his second son was born and in the same hospital, Andrew White was diagnosed with MS. It has affected his speech, but not his faith, nor his determination to continue working as a pastor in the Middle East. He is known as a negotiator who shows little fear. He has survived assassination attempts and the repeated bombings of his church and medical clinic outside the green zone in Baghdad. The work of his church continues even into northern Iraq. I caught up with Andrew White, the vicar of Baghdad, in a courtyard of the famous Christ Church in the old city of Jerusalem. You'll hear the sounds of the old city behind him and the birds singing as well. Canon White, welcome to Haven today. A few months ago... I spent the night where you're staying. It's, of course, a peaceful place, but it's in a not very peaceful part of the world. How have you learned to love your enemies?
1: Well, the fact is that those people who are often perceived as being our enemies are our friends already. And yet what we're facing now is the most horrendous attack on the Christians of Iraq that has ever been experienced in history. The sad reality is that in Christendom, we have never seen anything like this. The nearest thing that I can imagine that it connects to is what happened in the show up. You know, they have been around to all the Christian homes and painted the... Arabic letter N on their wall and then taken them out and they chopped their heads off and massacred them and made thousands, hundreds of thousands of them to move. I'm not saying it is like the Holocaust because nothing is like the Holocaust. But what has happened is really quite horrendous. And our people are left without homes, without hope, Without future, and we are trying to provide for the needs of so many who have been ousted from their society. And how do we love our enemies? Well, our enemies are not just our families, our enemies are very often the people who are despising us and killing us. And we really have to learn to love them. What's so difficult is when certain people refuse to have any involvement with you. These people, ISIS, Islamic states, do not wish to engage with us at all. Very often we have engaged with our so-called enemies, those who supposedly are against us and they have become our friends. And how have we done this? Really vital to our whole engagement with each other has been eating together. When we meet, we eat. And in Middle Eastern culture, food is so important. So we meet together We eat together and we hear each other's stories. It was Richard Longfellow who said, who is our enemy? It is the person whose story we have not heard. So when we have heard each other's stories, we are no longer enemies. We are friends.
0: Mm. Andrew, I want to be sensitive to this But could you share a little bit? There was that little boy who was named for you, and he belonged to your parish, and he died a few days ago. I know it's not easy. He was killed by ISIS.
1: It is very difficult to tell this story. I can't tell it. Mm. I love this family, I love this little boy. He was named after me, and he's now in glory. I can't say more than that. It's too painful.
0: Okay. Every pastor has to deal with death, but death of a little boy under circumstances like this. I know it's very, very hard. Let's talk about ISIS. What is ISIS trying to do? Why do they want to get rid of Christians?
1: These are not an Islamic group. These are terrorists and it doesn't matter what kind of group they are. They are terrorists, and they hate others. They're evil people. They do not hold to any of their tradition. They do not hold to anything they're supposed to hold to. All they hold to is their own personal supremacy. Everybody else is below them, and everybody else is to be destroyed.
0: Andrew, can you explain the medical work that your church is doing and how you're reaching out to Christians as well as others?
1: Well, one of the key things about our clinic is that it serves everybody, not just the Christians. Most of our patients, 95% of our patients are Muslims. We see 150 patients a day, We have cardiology, pediatrics, general practice, dentistry. We do everything. And it's all free, totally free. And it's for everybody. We can't go out and evangelize. There's no concept of evangelism where we are. But we can show people the love of the Almighty. Everybody who comes is shown that God loves them and we love them and we love them and serve them because that is what we are called to do as your followers of the Almighty.
0: If you just joined us, this is Haven Today. We're coming to you from the west coast of the United States, but we're talking to the senior pastor of St. George's Church in Baghdad, and he's coming to us from a courtyard at the historic Christ Church in Jerusalem in the Old City. Andrew, your wife, your children, they had to go back to England for safety reasons, and I know you miss them very much, but why do you stay on in Baghdad?
1: Well, yes, my wife. I've only got one wife, it's quite unusual where I am, and my two boys are in England, but I've also got other children. I have adopted many children in Iraq. Some of them have now gone to Canada or America. You know there are more Iraqi Christians in Chicago than there are in Iraq. And so many of them are now elsewhere, But I can do this because I love my God and I love the people I'm called to serve. And I will never leave the people I love. And it's hard for my wife and children, particularly Mm -hmm. at times like this, when they know the atrocities and the threats against us and they're worried about what might happen to me. But together... We know the love of the Almighty will keep us moving forward.
0: You know, most of us can't visit you in Iraq right now, and we can't personally lend a hand, but why don't you share with us something else we can do, maybe how we can pray.
1: I would ask them to pray for what I call the three Ps. One, for protection, that our people may be protected from the danger around us. Two, that they may pray for provision, that we may be provided and able to provide for those who have nothing and are in such need. And finally, to pray for perseverance, that we may keep moving forward in our faith and our hope and our trust, and we may never give up. That is what I ask the people of North America to pray for. Yes, we may be in a different world, but we are your people, and you are our people, and we are together.
0: Andrew, this is something that I ask just about everybody who comes on Haven Today with me, and so let me ask you, what does Jesus mean to you?
1: Well, to me, he means everything. I have to be honest with you, I've never actually been converted. So you could say I'm not saved. Because when I was a little boy, the first thing that my parents ever told me was that Jesus loved me. And I've never denied that. I've never asked questions about it. I've never not understood that. So for me, in a very simple childlike way, That is absolutely everything. My Lord is with me in everything and for everything and everything I do is because of him. And I do not fear because perfect love casts out all fear. And I have perfect love from him and perfect love from those who I'm serving, especially our children.
0: Thank you, Andrew White, for joining me here on Haven Today. What a powerful testimony to God's grace and the love that he gives us through Jesus Christ. I was reminded of Romans 8 as Pastor White was talking. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Not life, not death, not enemies all around, not the fatigue I still wrestle with from post-polio not the pain that Johnny Erickson Tata faces every day. Well, nothing in all of creation can keep the Lord from loving us. Our joy, our hope even, is that we can rest in Him through it all, through the hardships. We can stop, we can rest, we can even rejoice that His love never fails. Those scripture lullabies that we air on the program now and then, set to Romans 8, nothing can separate us. Jay Stocker joining us there, here on Haven Today. And I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me on this time we've had together today. We at Haven Ministries want to help you remember the promises of God through it all. Even the hard seasons of your life. Johnny Erickson Tata agrees with me. She felt that way so much that she wrote her latest book, a hardback called Songs of Suffering, 25 Hymns and Devotions for Weary Souls. This book has been a blessing in my own life these last few weeks, and it's gaining traction in the lives of others. I want you to have this tool of refreshment as we finish this summer season together. And it's yours for your gift to the ministry. Just call us right now. Tell us you want the Johnny book. The numbers is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And if you want more than one copy, mention that and ask it. Give a copy away. Keep one for yourself. Mention it when you'd call us. Or go online. Look at the samples from the book and a special video we shot with Johnny. Our web address is haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And finally, we're running out of time. But I'm going to Israel, the Holy Land and Jordan, late this November. And I'd like you to come with me. There on our homepage at haventoday.org, at the very top, there's a little banner. Click there. That'll tell you all about our trip later this year to the Holy Land. But don't delay. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time And again, we'll share together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Whether it's on TV or something I've seen in real life, I absolutely love a well-executed plan. Some movies are all about a heist. Some people plan parties or weddings really well. But the well-executed date is a beautiful thing to see. The wife or the husband isn't quite sure what's going on, but it's okay because the other has a plan. That's what Romans eight twenty-eight is trying to say. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. If you trust Christ, then you're like that clueless spouse There are times you aren't sure what's going on, but you can trust that the Lord is working out his good intentions for you. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchored.com.